and final betrayal. Jesus did a lot of teaching, didn't he? And we know wherever he went, he attracted huge crowds who traveled with him to hear the good news about God's kingdom. Not just for some, but for everyone, including the poor, the oppressed, and those on the edges of society. So that's why he attracted such huge crowds, because he was speaking to people who normally weren't spoken to. And one day, a number of tax collectors and sinners were gathered to hear Jesus speak. And, and they must have been so eager and looking so forward to hearing what Jesus was going to say. Because, well, it was just so unusual, wasn't it, at the time? And meanwhile, we're told that the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, who were always suspicious of Jesus and kind of lurked in the shadows wherever Jesus went, they were standing on the edge of the crowd, probably with their arms folded a bit like this, muttering to themselves about that Jesus. He welcomes sinners and eats with them. So there they were, very, very grumpy. Jesus then addressed the whole crowd, the sinners, tax collectors, but also the Pharisees. And he told them a series of parables or three short stories to illustrate in kind of a new, exciting way with word pictures, something about God's kingdom and values. So here's what Jesus said in so many words. Suppose, suppose one had a flock of a hundred sheep and one got lost. Doesn't he leave the 99 sheep in the open country and go off looking for the lost sheep? Where's the lost sheep? <gasps> Is that a lost sheep? Is that a lost sheep? I see. Can you hold up the lost sheep? Can you hold it up? Wait. Wow. There's a lost sheep. Hey. Whoa. And when he finds that lost sheep, he puts it on his shoulders. Can you put it on your shoulders? Yeah, put it on your shoulders. Yeah, and he brings it home. He brings it home. And then he calls friends and neighbors. And together they celebrate, saying, Rejoice, rejoice, I found my lost sheep. And I tell you, in the same way, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner repenting than 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. I actually think Jesus was being a little sarcastic, probably looking at the Pharisees at that point. Because <clears throat> they did need to repent. But anyway, he then went on to tell another story just in case people didn't get it the first time around. So he said, or suppose a woman had 10 silver coins and she lost one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep her house, turn it upside down, looking everywhere for the lost coin? the lost coin. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors and they 
all come together and she says, Rejoice! I found my lost coin! And in the same way, I tell you, the angels of God rejoice when one sinner repents. Well, just in case a few Pharisees over there still hadn't got the story, Jesus decided to tell another story, which in some ways is the most important of all, because it tells us something about God's heart. Now, there was a man who had two sons. Yeah, Do you know this story? One of the sons, the younger son, he was naughty. Mm-mm-mm. He was a rascal. And he, yeah, he wanted his father's money so he could go spend it. So he came to his father and he said, Dad, you know the half of the estate that I get when you die? Can I have it early, please? Please. And the father probably wasn't too happy to hear him say that, but he said, okay, here's half your estate. So that gave the younger son lots of money. And he went, yippee, yippee, I now get to go travel and I get to live it up. So he went to a distant land and he spent lots of money, lots of money living it up. And he squandered his wealth on wild living. So pretty soon he ran out of money. Uh Uh-oh. And then the country he was in had a bad famine. People were running out of food. And he was getting desperate, so he had to look for a job. And he found it hard to find work. The only job he could accept was the lowest of the low kind of position in Jewish society, which was feeding the pigs. So one day, there he was, getting hungry, sitting in the mud, watching the pigs eat their pig swell. And he earned so little money, the pigs were eating more than he was. And that's when he came to his senses. Because he thought, hmm, how many of my father's servants have got food to spare, but here I am starving. I think I need to go back to the father. That's right. So he went back to the father. And his father saw him coming from miles away, coming over the hill. And his father was going crazy. He was so pleased to see his son. He was filled with compassion and joy. And he wanted to just throw his arms around his son. He gave him a huge, big kiss. And his son was very sad. And he said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your son. But far from wanting to punish his son, his father said, Oh, we're going to celebrate. Servants, bring my best robe and a ring and sandals and bring the fatted calf and let's kill it and let's feast and have a great time because my son has come home. He was dead, now he's alive. 
the lost has been found. So there was dancing, there was loud music. And it was so loud, the elder son could hear it far away. He was working in the fields. So he thought, hmm, what's going on here? So he called a servant and said, why? Why all this noise? What's going on? And the servant said, oh, haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? Your younger brother, he's come back. He's come back home. And the servant also said, and they've killed the fatted calf. We're having lots to eat. It's great. You ought to come. And the older brother said, you've got to be joking. You have got to be joking. No way. I'm not coming back to that celebration. Why should I? So he was not very pleased to hear his brother was back. He was really outraged. And his father went out to talk to him because he wasn't coming in. And the elder son said, I can't believe you've done this. That old, that younger brother of mine, he's been a wastrel. He's hung out with prostitutes. And here I've been slaving away from for you all these years. I've never disobeyed you. And yet nothing is too good for my younger brother. The father then had to explain to him, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and now he's alive. The lost has been found. So three stories, very gripping stories, but What are the messages that Jesus is trying to tell us? First of all, God is looking for the lost. He's looking for all of us sinners. Because of his great love, he's willing to search patiently and ceaselessly for everyone who's lost. Because we're as precious to him as that lost sheep and that lost coin and that lost son. The second thing is he wants us to be found. He wants us to be saved. Because as Luke 19.10 says, the son of man came to look for the lost and save them. So we're told through these stories that God loves all his children, no matter who we are, what we're like, what our choices are. He he wants to do everything in his power to save us. And he's always ready to forgive and redeem us from sin. And the third thing, he wants us to know his unconditional love. Because, as it says in 1 John 4:19, we love him because he first loved us. So we need to feel that unconditional love and experience for ourselves. That's right. Feel God's hug. He will wait patiently for us until we see the error of our ways and then give us more than we could ever expect, just like the prodigal son. He was only expected to be a servant, and yet his father said, no, 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 nothing but the best. Full reinstatement as a son and daughter of God. And there was such joy and celebration, wasn't there? In every story we're told of this great rejoicing when the lost are found. And 
That's quite a contrast to those Pharisees who were just grumbling and disgusted at Jesus welcoming sinners. So Jesus is showing also that he is the good shepherd, just as we heard in Ezekiel 34. He is the fulfillment of that verse. He's the shepherd searching for us, the lost sheep. And he will look after us, binding up the injured and strengthening the weak, shepherding them with justice. And he won't stop looking for us either, which is why he spends so much time with sinners, because he wants to lay down his life for all we sheep, as it says in John 10, 12. Why did Jesus use these parables? Perhaps it's because he saw that many people were being kind of fed the wrong line by the Pharisees about God. The Pharisees didn't want ordinary people to see God as a father who cared for them and took care of, uh, who loved them and took care of them. They wanted people to think you had to learn a lot of rules. You had to have a lot of learning and education. Um, you had to be kind of a part of their elite club, very different view of God. So Jesus wanted to turn those notions on their head. He wanted to show that sinners can be a part of the kingdom of God. In fact, they're the ones who most need to hear that God loves them. But he was also, in a kind of pointed way, trying to tell the Pharisees they had something wrong with their values because they weren't showing love or compassion for sinners. They were more interested in those 99 sheep than the one that was lost. And the elder brother in the prodigal son story is quite a lot like the Pharisees, isn't he? Because he, he thinks just working will be enough to please the father. When, but we know it's through grace that we're saved. And the elder brother was also blind, completely blind to God's forgiveness and unconditional love. He couldn't even forgive his own brother. So these parables, I think, show us that we're all sinners. So what kind of sinner are you? <laughs> Here are the four types. Which one describes you? Are you the sinner who's wandered from the fold like the sheep? Are you the sinner who's lost God from your view like the lost coin? Are you the one who's rebelled? like the prodigal son? Or are you the one who is so self-righteous you don't even know your own sin? So what do we need to do to be found? The parables tell us we need to turn to God and we need to repent, just like the prodigal son. And perhaps we all need to say the words that he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I do not deserve to be your son. God is our father, but he's also our finder. He will find you, but only if you want to be found. Nothing gets past him. No one is too insignificant for his attention, but we have to get our heart priorities right. We have to have a heart for the sinner and the marginalized, we have to be much more concerned about people and their souls than about following the rules and the law. And we have to do all of this joyfully rather than 
grumbling. So, were you once lost? And who helped to find you? And how? Was it through friendship evangelism or prayer or inviting people to church, sharing scripture, sharing God's word, or providing help and hospitality when it's needed? And who and where are the lost in our community? Who do you know who's lost and who needs to know God's mercy and gentleness? The broken, the lonely, the troublemakers there on Lion Green who are (laughs) causing havoc and causing trouble. They're often the ones who are really lost. And I think the thing that really strikes me about the prodigal son's story is this total feeling of unworthiness that, that the prodigal son had before he returned to the father. And so often people who are lost feel so unworthy that they can't, they can't bring, they don't feel they can bring themselves to the father, which is why we need to come in, take their hand, and help guide them back into the kingdom. Just to close, these three parables show how God wants the lost to find a restored relationship with him. He wants to find that lost sheep and how we can receive redemption through his grace. The lost can be found and God's unconditional love is available to all, but it's up to us to accept his lordship and help others find the way to his kingdom. Amen. Thank you so much.